Welcome back to the Roster Watch Podcast. My name is Alex Dunlap. This is a really special episode of the podcast with a very special guest. Today, I am joined by the director of the Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy, uh, the new executive director who's taken over just this year for uh, Phil Savage. Um, He took over in June of 2018. He has spent his last 18 years in the National Football League. And during that time in the NFL, he worked as an area scout in the West, the Midwest, the Southeast regions, as well as in a national scouting capacity for four years with the Kansas City Chiefs. Jim was a part of six Super Bowl teams and four Lombardi-winning clubs. That was the Green Bay Packers, the New England Patriots, twice, and then the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Prior to his time in the NFL, Nagy worked for a sports agency in New York City uh, representing NFL players and has had various jobs in the media. He had a consultant role for the NFL Today pregame show on CBS. Uh, He also wrote his own column for a point in time for the Sporting News magazine. He is a graduate of the University of Michigan and lives in Mobile, Alabama since 2007, which we talk about some uh, here in this podcast. We also talk about his move from traditional scouting to being the director of the Senior Bowl, uh, what it's like being the director of the Senior Bowl, how it's different than being a team scout, uh, some of the uh, obstacles that he deals with in dealing with these players, dealing with these agents, how he can make that whole uh, very interesting web of uh, influencers sort of come together to make this game happen and you know his plans for what he's going to be doing with the game uh, here. And he does have big plans moving forward. Uh, We talk about the running back and the wide receiver positions, the groups that he's invited to the Senior Bowl this year, and get some unique insight on all of those, as well as uh, talk about how he made the decision for which team Josh Allen's going to play for. Because you have have the Oakland Raiders in need of edge rush. You have the San Francisco 49ers in need of edge rush. Both those guys clearly probably want to get the chance to coach Josh Allen, how he made that decision. There's that. There's you know so much, much, much more. If you're into the NFL, if you're into scouting, if you're into what goes behind the scenes uh, in scouting, especially if you're looking for a primer on this year's Senior Bowl for uh, rookie drafts, Dynasty League drafts, best ball, or even just to get an early start on 2019 redrafts leagues, uh, this will be the pod for you. Very, very proud of it. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, let's see, it's at Jim Nagy, N-A-G-Y underscore S-B. You can follow the Senior Bowl on Twitter at Senior Bowl. Uh, of course, you can find all of their content at SeniorBowl.com. And make sure you're following us at Roster Watch during Senior Bowl week because we will be there live uh, doing some actually some really cool work, once again, with the tracking technology, with the guys from Zebra, uh, bringing you some stats and some data and some analysis you will not be able to find anywhere else but uh, at Roster Watch. And you can support the Roster Watch podcast by, um, by going and getting a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. You'll get access to multiple bonus podcasts per week featuring me, uh, Byron Lambert, and the Trash Man with a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. It is entirely due to listeners like you that all of this is possible and your support is greatly appreciated. Now, on to the podcast with Jim Nagy, Executive Director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. This is Aaron Donald and you're listening to Roster Watch.
Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. I am Alex Dunlap, and we have a very special guest uh, here on the pod today. Honestly, I can't believe that we got this set up. He is that big a guest. He is the director of the Senior Bowl, new director of the Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy. Jim, what's going on, brother? Hey, Alex, appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's an honor to have you on here. I just want to start out by saying that this will be our eighth year covering the event and um, the Senior Bowl. I think I think the Senior Bowl to us is honestly I think it's really special to everybody who goes and everybody that makes that pilgrimage each year. It sort of represents the turning of the page to the to a, a new NFL season and the beginning of the um, the off season evaluation process. People say that it's you know it's basically like the NFL's uh, sort of it's like the big off-season convention. That's where everybody goes. It's where if you're looking for a new job, where you go to network. It's 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 if you're trying to make contacts in the business, it's where those contacts tend to, at least in our experience, where those contacts tend to uh, kind of come into your life and those relationships that you develop, at least on the media side. Coming from a coming from uh, the uh, the scouting background that you do, maybe if you could just tell the listeners, you know, how you got to this position and what the Senior Bowl meant to you as you came up through the ranks as a scout. Yeah, so this is going to be my 22nd Senior Bowl, I think. I've been in the NFL the last 18 years as a scout, um, you know, so just been coming down here forever, and, and just um, what made this unique was about 11 years ago, I actually moved to Mobile, Alabama, so uh, it's my wife's hometown. We were bouncing around the United States um, with my scouting jobs, and we moved down here once we started having kids. Um, you know, the life as a scout, you're, you're constantly on the road, you're probably on the road at least half the year. So it, it can take a toll on a family, especially a young family. And uh, when we started having kids, we just thought the best thing would be to uh, move down here where, where my wife would have some help uh, while I was out of town so much with her, with her parents being down here. So we've been down here 11 years and uh, you know, really when I, I really didn't have any plans on, on getting out of the NFL, I loved what I did. I love to scout. I love to evaluate players. And uh, I was in a great situation with the Seahawks the last five years. Um, to me, the best organization in the, in the league to work for, um, John Schneider, the best general manager. So, uh, it took a lot to leave, but when this job came open, uh, in May, you know, it was really something I felt like I had to jump on because now that, that, uh, one year old, one year old little boy that, that when we moved to mobile 11 years ago, he's now 13 and uh, he's starting to play, he's starting to play high school sports. And, uh, you know, I've started to miss a lot of that stuff working in the NFL. So when this came open, it's something I really wanted to jump on and, you know, again, if they, uh, you know, if I wasn't their guy here at the senior bowl, I could have lived with that. But when I called the Seahawks to tell them, and I called John, you know, about this opportunity, I said, I, I won't be able to look myself in the mirror 25 years from now. If I don't, if I don't go for this thing. And, um, and luckily, um, uh, luckily I was their guy. So just really feel really fortunate. This game's a big deal down here in mobile. It's a big deal to the city. It's a big deal to the people. Um, and like you were saying, it's a really, it's a really unique atmosphere because it's such an intimate environment. It's a small, you know, it's got a really small town feel. It's not like the combine in Indianapolis, which is a great event in its own right, but it's just a different event. It's a, it's a major metropolitan city. Um, you know, you come down here, I mean, you're, you could, you could, you could stand post um, outside my office uh, at the corner here and every single NFL personnel person in the league, whether it be a coach or a GM or, um, you know, it's going to pass you at some point during the week. So you can really connect with everybody. Uh, it's a walkable downtown. So you, you get a hotel room down here. You don't have to ever get out of your car, which, you know, the people in the league, like 
they can uh, they can go out and have a good time at night and uh, get back to the hotel and wake up for practice the next day. So yeah, really a cool event. Uh, I'm really proud to be to be part of it now um, on this end, and uh, glad you guys are coming down. It's a, it's a, it's a great time. No, it's it, it's an awesome time. Like I said, it's it's my favorite week of the year, every single year. And and you just said whenever you step out there on uh, I don't know if you guys are on Dolphin or somewhere kind of down there close to the uh, close to where the team. Yeah, we're right on we're yeah. right on Dolphin. Street, yeah, yeah, you'll see. You'll see uh, you say you see the person the league personnel walk by every day. You you might see Thomas Dimitrov come by about four times a day, like riding a bike or something like that. Right? <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just a it's just a whole man. It's like it's like it's like the whole NFL just convenes in this you know this maybe 10 block area and it's just it's 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 an unbelievable time as far as um it's i i just this this wasn't anything i was going to ask you about but i just thought it was interesting as you were talking you said that you that you feel like the seattle seahawks are the or or the best team in the league to to work for what what is it about working for that organization that was different than maybe some of the others that you work for not to say that any of those were you know bad to work for tough to work for but was there anything unique about the culture there about uh your employment there this sort of makes you think that yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of reasons, but the, the culture is a big one, uh, you know, and it starts at the top with, with John Schneider and, and Pete Carroll. They do such a phenomenal job, um, you know, just, just the positivity and the energy and the juice that when you walk into the building every day, you know, that the players like going to work there. And that's, you know, I can't, that, I don't think that can be said for every place in the league. I mean, our, the players out there really enjoy going to work just because of the atmosphere. I mean, again, it's, it's a grind We're you know, working in the NFL, playing in the NFL, it's, it's a grind on you after the long season. So, uh, when you get into those dog days of the season in November and December, um, you know, there are days where it, it gets hard to get out of bed for those, for those guys. And, uh, to just to create that culture where guys want to come in, is huge. And, um, you know, we could, we could spend the entire time on the phone here talking about, uh, you know, the great things about the way the Seattle Seahawks run their scouting operation. Um, I mean, that's, we, we don't have enough time for that, but it, it is, it's, it's a great, it's, it's really a great place to work. The people, and again, it's the people, you know, the people are great. We had a really, we had a really tight staff. Um, everyone worked their tails off and, uh, yeah, it was great. So to walk away from it, 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 it took a really unique opportunity and, and I felt like this was that. And aesthetically, just really beautiful, just visually too. You know, going on our going on our training camp tour. That's one of the you know that's one of the campuses at least where they practice and where they eat and stuff like that. Just really, really awesome facilities up there. Um, so it's it's unbelievable. You know, we'd sit out, we'd sit up there in the cafeteria, you know, and overlook Lake Washington, yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah. and you've got you've got bald eagles like. Just, you know, soaring by the windows and it's, uh, yeah, it's an unbelievable venue. I mean, it's Mr. Allen, uh, God rest his soul, did a, did a great job building that organization, that franchise. Well, a lot of, a lot of natural beauty down there in the, down there in the Mobile Bay area as, as well. And, um, certainly, certainly a place like uh, I go there two times a year, once for the senior bowl. And then we vacation, uh, every year and, you know, Gulf Shores or Fort Morgan. And every time it's like the senior bowl has even crept into my own family's life to where my daughter, (laughs) my daughter won't, um, like we can't go out to the beach anymore without stopping at like spot a tea so she can get her, you know, pancakes and stuff like that. So just, uh, I love it. It's just a really, it's, 
a really, it's a really, really cool. It's just a really, really cool thing that you are now the steward of. And just, uh, I, I'm glad to know that you're a mobile resident and that, um, and look, man, you, you look at the rosters that you've put together and you look at what you're doing with the senior bowl. And I think a lot of people noticed, maybe I, I'll, I'll ask you this. Did you notice whenever you were in, in an NFL like organization, whenever Phil Savage took over the senior bowl, things started to really kind of move on the up and up as far as the level of talent that was there. Yeah, Phil did a great job with the game, no doubt. He, uh, you know, he brought some credibility to the game in terms of having a, a really strong NFL background and having relationships. And uh, you know, my goal is just to, uh, you know, take that next step. You know, it's just like you know, we're all competitive people, right? So you just want to. My goal was to do this thing better than it's ever been done before. That was, you know, kind of our motto in Seattle too. You know, like, like just bust it until you can you, you get it done as, as good as you can possibly do it so i i got big shoes to fill phil did a great job with the game um but our goal is to even push it further and love love to hear it it is truly the the, the nfl's 33rd franchise and it, as as byron and i talk about uh, like if if we just during our during the eight years that we've been there covering the event and doing these different you know initiatives with you guys and on our own i feel like i could pick out a, an nfl team of just senior bowlers they would, they would, they, it would be the best team in the league. I mean, it would be the, it would literally, you could put together the best team in the league if you just put together a team of just kids that have been at the senior bowl over the course of the last eight years. Yeah. We've got over 500 guys in the league right now. So basically, uh, basically a third of the league, you know, if you take, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a, roughly about 15, a little more than 1500 players and That's we've crazy. got over 500 of them. So, so yeah, about a third of the league is, has come through the senior bowl and we take a lot of pride in that. And we've got 52 hall of famers, um, that have played down here in the game. So, uh, yeah, we take a lot of pride in our, in the history and, and some of the great players that have come down here. Yeah. You can, you, it's an, it's a who's who, if you just go down the list of players I mean, the quarterbacks over the last few years have been incredible, but you know, you've got Von Miller, um, Aaron Donald, Zach Martin. I mean, guys that are the best players at their positions. Yeah. And, yeah. And a, a, a lot of those guys had, you know, dominating performances at the senior bowl that really helped with their draft stock. Before we start talking about the running backs and wide receivers, who I think that uh, most of the listeners here on, on this podcast that are interested in their for fantasy football and for dynasty league uh, football reasons uh, will want to hear about. I just I wanted to just ask you just a couple a couple of other things about uh, the nature of the game this year. It seems like Josh Allen out of Kentucky uh, is one of the, you know, one of the, uh, he, he's accepted an invite to the, to the senior bowl, unless there's something that's happened that I'm unaware of. Um, it, it, we have a situation here where, so the coaching staffs are the Oakland Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers. How do you, both of those teams are in major need of of edge of uh, of edge rush help, and they're going to both be picking at a spot likely where that guy's going to be available. Because if if we maybe say that you know Nick Bosa goes first, who really knows how things will pan out by then? How are you going to choose which one of those rosters ends up getting Josh Allen? Yeah, we we already have the roster set. Actually, there's there's going to be some tweaking going on. So you know, at the time we're doing this podcast. Um, we're sitting at 107 accepted invites and uh, we can get to 114 is the number we've got set by the league. So there's going to be a little more tweaking where I might have to move a player here or there from North to South or vice versa. Uh, but they're pretty much set. And uh, when the, on Monday, when the uh, teams were announced, I reached out to, to John Lynch and uh, to Mike Mayock and, uh, and ran and sent them the rosters and let them take a look. 
And uh, really what we did, the, the 49ers, you, we had the higher draft order, right? And, uh, but, it was, but, it was, but it was close. So we, they both, uh, you know, they both wanted, uh, you know, the same roster. We did a coin flip and, and uh, the 49ers won it. So that's, that's kind of how, we, that's kinda how we, oh, we figured it out this okay. year. But, but, uh, but, yeah, so I wanted to have those done. Uh, really, I, I put, started working on those a couple weeks ago for the Adidas people because they want to get cranking on the gear. So, um, but we're getting close. We're getting really close. No, it's, it's just it's just it's just right around it's right around the corner, man. And I I know this time of year, have you guys had any? Um, I I know in previous years there have been guys that maybe just how do you manage the the dichotomy of like the kids sign to come to the senior bowl and they sign their, I guess the electronic agreement online where they say that they're going to come. Sometimes then they get agents and their agents say, look, we, you know, it might not be in our best interest. I don't want you to push this injury. I don't want you to do that. Are you, is is that kind of the process you're going through right now? Seeing which ones of these guys, if possible, uh, are going to be, um, how do you manage this whole, this whole process? And, and have you had to deal with uh, any, you know, have, have there been players that have uh, pulled out since, since, since accepting their invites? Yeah, none, none yet. I mean, none of them have just straight pulled out. Now we've, we've <laughs> knock on had wood. a couple, because, right. be, be, yeah, knock on wood, seriously, <laughs> uh, because of injuries, you know, um, but not, not in a case where they just felt like, oh, we're too, we're too good to play. But no, there's, that's constant, that takes a constant work. So it's, um, you know, just, just, constant communication, uh, with the agents and, uh, you know, sometimes the players themselves just to, uh, you know, let them, let them know where we're at and what we think the value of the game is for them. I mean, to me going through the process this fall, uh, being my first go around in this, I, I just tried to be really transparent, which, uh, with our roster building process, which, uh, you know, I, if anyone follows me on, on Twitter, um, this fall, you know, I was really, we, we posted prospect videos every week from the different games we're at our scouting staff. Um, you know, we're at eight or nine game sites, some weekends with scouts doubling up at games. And so I think that, uh, you know, I think the agent community appreciated that they got to see kind of who we were, we were, who we were honing in on, um, you know, cause to them, this is, this is a, a big deal for, for agents because they need to know, you know, a lot of them just target upper level players and they don't want to, they don't want to come out of pocket for training and all that for guys that aren't, you know, really highly targeted players. So this was, we gave them a heads up and I told them through the process, Hey, you know, hopefully this is a two way street. And if you've got a player, that's the clear cut, number one guy at his position in the draft, um, I won't even, you know, I won't even bother asking you to bring him. you know, I, I won't push you for that. Cause if he's got, if he's really got nothing to gain, I, you know, why would I do that? But if there's, if, if it's even close, if they're in a situation where, um, it's your player or another guy or two or three other guys, and there's a mix there where they could come down here and really separate themselves. Well then, yeah, I expect them to be in mobile. So, um, it was just, it was just communication throughout the fall. And that's, that's really, it's really heated up these last few weeks as well. Yeah, and it's it's uh, it's an it's an amazing thing to see this the number of big name prospects that you guys have set to come in, and we haven't you know we really it's it's you know like I said we'll knock on wood and we'll just we'll hope things can, things can continue like that. So because there are some really good ones, let me just ask you before again be, I, I want to get to the running backs and wideouts, but there's just so much. I, like wh- which of these position groups, if I had to ask you coming into mobile for the week as of right now do you feel is the deepest that you're most excited about you're like man that is a that is a position group to full of dudes right there 
Uh, man, I'm just like asking who your favorite kid is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love. I didn't mean to I, do I, that. I, I like. I love this whole roster, but no, the, when I went through, uh, so what I did was after our scouting staff had this board set, um, and we felt good about where it was at right around, right around Thanksgiving. I took that week of Thanksgiving and I got on the phone with 17, um, general managers or college directors and went over our board with them. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, it was guys that had access to all their grades and, and their boards as well. So just went position by position and those calls took anywhere between 60 and 90 minutes. So we really thorough, um, and just to throw it onto them. I mean, the, the position group they were really excited about was our offensive line group. So, um, it's a group loaded with a bunch of guys that play in the league a long time. They've got the, they've got the makeup traits, you know, the competitiveness, the toughness, the durability, um, you know, just the grit, the intelligence, um, they're big school. A lot of them are big school players that have played a ton of football. Um, going back to my time with the Patriots, we had a, a, a great scout, um, who by the name of Larry cook, who was our college director. And he did a study one time of, of who was playing in the league on the offensive line. It was really extensive. And what he came out was it was, it was really major program players, um, you know, power five conference players that had, uh, I think the number was like over 38 starts or something like that. So, and we've in this group is loaded with those guys. So, I mean, you got the two, you got the two guards from Wisconsin, Dieter and Benchall. You got um, the Oklahoma guys. I probably, I probably just butchered that Wisconsin kid's last name, but uh, <laughs> Bo Bench is what he, what he goes by. And uh, Cody, you know, we've got Oklahoma. We've got Drew Samia and, and uh, Ben Power, Ben Powers from Oklahoma, the two guards. So right. um, it's just really a loaded class. It's a really loaded offensive line group. As far as the, as far as whenever, uh, whenever it, like an NFL team is at the Senior Bowl, do you guys split up positions? Do scouts split up? I'm sure that not everybody just watches everything and just tries to take it all in because it seems like that would be impossible. Yeah, some do and some don't. That's a good question. You know, I've been on teams where you know they give you a, a specific position during the week, um, and, the, and you're assigned to that position, and you really you know, this is for teams that, that, that meet in December and set their boards. And at that point, if you're an area scout, you've kind of said your piece on your area. So then they, you know, they give you the, you, they give you positions for the all-star games. And then when you reconvene in February meetings, then you get to say your piece on, on that position as well. Uh, they'll give you like a cross check position. Um, and then there's other teams where you go to the game and you're really just focused. You continue to focus on your area guys and get them right. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, there, there's two different ways, but for the most part, yes, the teams will come down here and every scout will, will have a position on both teams that he's looking at. And then, uh, you know, they'll have to look at tape after the week and in the game tape and write the report, uh, write an all-star report and uh, submit that. So leading into this running back talk, what is it? And I've noticed that watching running backs in all-star games, not to, not to say it's a useless affair at all, but just a lot of it during practice is kind of, you know, running – you know, running through air, it's hard to, hard to tell much except outside of in 11 on 11s and then in the games about, um, you know, just about how these sort of runners look stacked up against the toughest competition. Whereas, you know, wide receivers, like you see it every day in wide receiver cornerback drills, how these guys can separate, how they can get off press, how they can stem at the line of scrimmage. Is it just for the running backs? Is the things you look at most as a scout? Is it like 
blitz pickup? Is it like practice habits? What is it, especially in the maybe on day one where they're just in in, uh, in in shorts and shoulder pads? What is it that you can glean from a practice workout of one of these runners in an all star game practice setting? Yeah, I, I think that uh, you made you made some really good points there. I think what uh, what you really want to focus on is the pass game stuff. Um, the one on one blitz pickup stuff is huge. Um, you know, we do that with the running backs, linebackers, and then we, we do them in one-on-ones as well in the past game where they're, you know, running checkdowns and wheels. And, um, you know, a lot of college teams don't do as good a job, um, as they do in the NFL utilizing backs out of the backfield. So that's such a big part to the next level. Uh, the blitz pickup part of it is so big in terms of getting guys on the field early. Um, because if they don't know what they're doing in pass pro, you know, early on, then you're really just keying the other team on what you're going to do when that player comes in the game. So um, you've got to get them up to speed. So it's really, you know, how quickly can they learn it? And and you're right. You know, they're mostly, you know, we don't, we try not to tackle to the ground um, during the week, try to keep those guys fresh. You know, they don't need to get banged on down here too much. So the game is, uh, is critical for these running backs. Um, it's a, and, and, and everyone in the teams know that, you know, you really focus on, you look at some of the backs that have really exploded in the senior bowl game over the years. David Johnson from Northern Iowa, Kareem Hunt um, had, a, had, had a huge game. Kareem Hunt had a huge game last year. Rashad Penny um, went off in the senior bowl game. He had a 70 some yard catch and a, a big explosive run. Um, you know, and Penny went in the first round and, and uh, David Johnson, you know, really helped himself. And, and so did Kareem. So really the game is, is of utter importance for these backs. Yeah. And, and so let's just, let's just talk about some of them. I think that probably the, probably the two names that, uh, fans might be the most, um, familiar with would be LJ Scott and Miles Gaskin. Maybe I'm, maybe I have the wrong read there, but it seems like those are the guys that have been real mainstays for their particularly offenses for the, uh, for the last three or four years. Uh, but, but different kinds of runners, Miles Gaskin, a little bit smaller. You guys have them at 5'10, 193. Of course, we're going to get, you know, complete confirmation about all, every bit of, of these guys' size measurements that you um at the senior bowl national scouting weigh-in but you know 510 195 or so he's listed as whereas lj scott more the bigger pounder uh, inside there for michigan state you know what do you see out of these two guys and uh, what are nfl scouts saying about them yeah you know miles you start at the running back position i think i think that's one position where production really matters you know you look at guys around the league that or even the undrafted guys, the undrafted guys that make it, you look back at what they did in college. I, I think about like the, uh, is it the, is his name Jackson for San Diego that was at Northwestern last yeah, year? Justin yeah, Jackson. Justin I want to say, you know, you know, so yeah, there you go. Uh, my bad, but he, uh, you know, he's having a good year for San Diego. I mean, really productive college player. So you, you look at miles Gaskin, he's a four time thousand yard rusher. He's the all time leading rusher in, in UW history. Uh, like you said, a little undersized, but doesn't run small. He really has some substance to him as a runner. Uh, I saw him play live this year in the kickoff, uh, the Chick-fil-A kickoff against Auburn. And uh, kid's got some juice. I mean, he really has burst. I, uh, you know, when going into the game, I thought he might be like Bishop Sankey, kind of the guy, uh, mm-hmm. guy who he succeeded there at Washington. And, and, you know, Sankey's career never really panned out. He's a second-round pick. I was thinking maybe they're similar, but to me, Gaskin um, had more juice to him when I watched him and, and uh, more, more power as well. So I think Gaskin's a, a really good player. Uh, you know, he's just been there so long. He's done, he, he's done so many good things, but I think on a national level, you know, being out on the West coast, a lot of people, you know, 
don't really know him as well, but expect him to have a good week. And LJ Scott's a really interesting guy because he going into the season, um, I hadn't been into Michigan state in a couple of years. So, you know, I, I, I knew of LJ, I'd seen him run, you know, on TV and, and some cross check tape over the years, but you know, he's a bigger back, but really an interesting story over the summer, you know, guys are telling me it looked, sounded like he's going to be a day two guy, like a second, third round guy. Everyone really liked his talent. He's the big back that the league's looking for. He's got power. Uh, he's got, he's got really, really nice run skill. And then, uh, you know, he was banged up all this year. So, uh, you know, durability has been an issue. He's had some fumbling stuff in the past. I mean, really his best season was two years ago. So, uh, you know, he, he's got a lot to prove down here this week. I, I've spoken with LJ. He knows this is a really big week for him. Um, it's got a lot to prove, but there is, there is talent there. I mean, anytime, um, uh, you're talking to the guys I spoke with over the summer, guys I really respect that have been in the business, uh, got into around the same time I did about 20 years ago, um, speaking as highly and, and grading him as highly as they had LJ. Um, that tells me there's something there with the kid. The, 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 uh, the one guy that I watched as I was kind of looking through these, you know, and, and every year we're so busy covering the, covering the NFL games that, you know, by, by the time that we get to this part of the season, which is really my favorite part of the year, you know, I have a bunch of catch-up to do on, on some of these guys that come from some of these uh, schools that I might not have even watched a single game on, like Bruce Anderson from North Dakota State. But you, but you, uh, you look at the games that – you look at some of the games available that you can just even pull up online where they just have his cut-ups from these various games. And that Cal Poly game comes up a whole ton, man. He, he's, a, he's a big producer in that game, and – has a lot of just a lot of attributes that you really really like from a guy that I'd never heard of. I went and uh, went and did some more d- digging on him whenever I first saw the accepted invite, and uh, it was an interview that he had done with the local newspaper or something. And it turned out that uh, he seems like a really charming kid. You know, comes from a military family, moved around a lot, uh, moved around a lot growing up, and seems to be playing with a, a real chip on his shoulder. One of these guys that you kind of get to hear their story at the Senior Bowl that you come away really, really admiring. What is what is your book on, on Bruce Anderson coming into this week? You know, he was one of the funnest guys um, through the process. So we've got, I've got two younger scouting assistants uh, working in the office with me this year. One of them was in camp with uh, training camp with the chiefs this past year as a, as a scouting assistant. The other one was with Buffalo. And uh, you know, it was a, it was a good lesson for them. You know, we were getting, we were getting towards the end of the running back group with our invites and uh, we're just going through, you know, our scouts had identified our, our road scouts had identified a handful of players that were above the line for us that we felt like were talented enough to be in the game. And, you know, I started cross-checking a bunch of those guys and, you know, I, I just wasn't getting fired up. And, uh, you know, Bruce was a guy that we hadn't seen a lot, you know, um, and he was, he was kind of down the line a little bit. And when I got to him, he just popped. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, this is, yeah. and I think Cal, that Cal Poly game might've been the first one that I put on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I told these, I, I told our scouting assistants going into the, into this process, I said, guys, we're going to spend the whole day. You know, if it takes us till tomorrow, we're just going to, we're going to, slog through these running backs and, uh, and we'll find one. I said, you know, this is a position where if you look at it, they're out there. It's our job to find them. Like you know, Philip Lindsay, who was at the East West shrine game last year, wasn't in the senior bowl. Um, you know, you just go back and you look at some of the undrafted, you know, undrafted running backs over the years, the guy we got in Seattle a couple of years ago, Chris Carson in the seventh round sure. out of Oklahoma state, you know, wasn't it? Well, I don't think Chris was even in an all-star game. 
So, you know, and here he's a 1200 yard rusher, 1100 yard rusher this year for the Seahawks. So <laughs> yeah. they're out there. They're, 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 they're there to be found. And, uh, I, I feel like Bruce could be, you know, Bruce could be the, a guy that could really make a name for himself during the week. Like you said, you know, he's a bigger back. He's 210 pounds. He's got acceleration, um, really, you know, good contact balance. What I loved about him was, was his ability in the passing game. Used to, they ask a lot of him in pass protection. He's really good at it. Um, they throw him the ball out of the backfield. They throw him the ball down the field. They'll run him on seams and, and just his ability to look comfortable down the field, tracking and catching the ball. Uh, I think he's really going to help himself this week. And like you talked about the, the family background, um, you know, being a military family, moving around, so he, he got to a school in Florida his junior year. It's, it's hard for those guys to really be on recruiters' radars. And then he shows up to a school that's, that's running the wing tee. So, um, you know, just not designed for, for what his skill set was. And North Dakota State saw him, and they took a shot on the athlete. You know, talking to the staff up there, they saw the athlete. And I said, well, you know, it's not really – he's not doing what – there wasn't really an apples-to-apples apples comparison for them. But they're like, let's take a shot on this on this kid, and it's panned out. He's he's re- he's talented. I I really like the player. Yeah, excited to watch him. And I think another name that uh, a lot of people might not be too familiar with is this is this guy uh, Raquel Ar- Raquel Armstead um, out of out of Temple. And you know, I I didn't spend as much time watching him. But if if you just watch back, I forget which game it was. Um, but the, he he sure has an interesting body to him, doesn't he? Uh, very. Um, very kind of uh, kind of mighty mouseish. Not like Doug, maybe not Doug Martinish, but you know he's he's got a he's got a real stout body to him. But you know, pretty pretty good quickness and seems plenty fast. And they even use him as a robber uh, on on defense in in one package. I think they called it the the Prowler package, where they used him as like a sort of a dime kind of linebacker on defense. That goes to show me that he's just a guy who's who's you know who's who's good at the game. I think that maybe you could tell me is that something that scouts like scouts like to look at is guys that just are kind of good at actually playing football you know like they can yeah. play on defense and stuff too that's i mean to 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 me that seems seems pretty intriguing yeah there's there's no doubt about it you you nailed it um he's a tough ass dude that's what it tells you you know he's he's willing to go around the other side of the ball he's a team guy you know again it was the maryland game where where i've watched a couple games on offense and then i was watching uh you know, somebody on Maryland's offense and I see this number seven blitzing and hitting the quarterback. And I <laughs> yeah. looked at, looked at one of the, one of, one of the scout, one of our other scouts. And I'm like, is that, is that the running back? <laughs> and uh, they're like, yeah, this is the game he played defense. I was like, wow. So yeah, I mean, he was running and hitting and, and again, not many of these running backs are going to show up next year to their NFL club and, and, and immediately be in that rotation. You know, they might be, but most of them are going to be third, you know, number three backs on their teams. And if you're the number three back, you better play on special teams. So oh, what right, Armstead right. showed by doing that is that, that he's willing to run down and hit people. So, um, and tackle people, which is, which is pretty cool. So that, that just, sh- it shows you the makeup of the kid. And, uh, like you said about the running style, he's a big put together 215 pound guy. Um, he's built the way the NFL wants him. He's a hard charging downhill guy. Uh, there was one game this year. He had six touchdowns. I mean, he just runs, he's got some aggression to him. He's got some, got some violence to him as a runner. Um, not a guy you want to tackle. And, uh, you know, one of those guys that forces you to tackle him, you know, he'll, he'll bring it to you. He's physical. 
he just uh, his run style is going to be a really good fit at the next level. And 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 he in the slug either. I mean, I don't think he's going to run a four for anything in the four fours or anything like that. But I'll bet you he could. I mean, he looks like. I mean, he he has some speed to pull away from some of these safeties. I I, I don't think no, he's and it, like I don't think he's necessarily like a slow slug like power runner. He he has a little bit no. of force to him, right? He does. He does. And the key thing with the, with backs is, is, is having the burst, you know, it's not the, it's not the long speed. I mean, I've been on teams with backs that, uh, you know, we, there's a slew of guys in the league that have been really productive runners that are four, six guys. I mean, I remember even in, uh, when, when I was in Kansas city, they had an old priest Holmes card around and, and priest Holmes was four, seven flat. So, um, <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't have to be a four, four guy. That's a, that's a myth. And, uh, but you do have to have short burst. You've got to be able, you've got to be able to get away from people. And, uh, and he can do that. You can see that when he, when he puts his foot in the ground, he's, he's got a little gear to him. Let me ask you about a few more, just a, a few of these wide receivers. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very aware that your time is short here during this busy time of year. So, um, I want to be able to get in as much as I can though. And the guy that really, I've, I've been interested for a long time in Anthony Johnson out of Buffalo um, whenever he came onto the scene there, I think he was Juco before, maybe at a couple different, a couple different, um, colleges before coming on the scene at Buffalo and just absolutely bursting onto the scene as a production monster. You watch his tape and it, I can't tell, how do you see Anthony Johnson at the next level? Do you see him as an outside wide receiver? Do you see him as a slot wide receiver? And what is your general ev- evaluation and book on the guy? Yeah, he was really one of my favorite guys. I mean, I, I feel like I say that a lot, but I, I like Anthony a lot. And he, he was, you know, some of these guys, you've got to grind a lot of tape to, uh, you know, warm up to him. And he was a guy for me that, uh, that really popped as soon as I started watching him because, I mean, I guess the best way to sum him up, he's got a, he's got an NFL skill set at that position. I mean, he really, his game, his game's going to translate to being a pro. Uh, yeah, I didn't see him live until they came down to mobile for the, uh, go daddy bowl down here a few weeks ago. And, uh, so that was really my first, and that's, that's really the last piece of the evaluation for me. Cause I think body type means a lot. And, uh, you know, he's not quite as thick as I thought he was going to be on tape. Cause he's a really strong dude when you watch his tape, oh, yes. Um, yes. but just for, just from a skill set perspective, I mean, he's a good route runner. He can drop his weight. He can set up, separate the top of a route, but what, you know, he's got strong hands, but what really separates him is, is what he does with the ball in his hands. Um, he, it's really hard to coach what he's got. He's got a really nice spatial feel, uh, when you, you know, he doesn't have to be hit on the move, um, to do something with it. And he's a guy that can catch it stationary and make someone miss and then weave and, and get upfield and, and make things happen. He's got a really nice feel for pursuit and angles, um, and so that run after catch trait is something over the years of scouting that I really, if you see a college runner that's just got that knack uh, with the ball in his hands, they're, they're probably going to be a good pro. Yeah. And I, I think that, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see what his hand, what his hand measurement is there. I think he's going to have some, I think he's, those are some big, big banana bushel mitts that that guy has. I'll, I'll be interested to see how those, uh, how those things measure out at the, um, at, 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 at the weigh-in for sure. I think that one guy that's going to measure out with probably one of the – is Emmanuel Hall one, going to be one of the fastest wide receivers in this entire class? Yeah, I think we've, we've got some speed. Um, you know, that's something we really wanted, to, uh, really wanted to address at all our positions in the game this year was just getting faster, um, you know, for the league, especially for, for the special teams component like we talked about at running back. I mean, 
it's pretty critical at, at a lot of these positions. So we, we really wanted to, to, to identify fast players. Uh, you know, you're looking at this. So at the wide receiver position, obviously Emmanuel Hall will be one of them. He is a true, uh, true vertical threat. You know, I mean, he can really stretch the defense. He's, he was nicked up a little bit this year. Um, but when he was healthy, you could really see it. Um, and you go back in past years, I mean, the, the guy's a burner. And uh, good thing for him is he's got a quarterback, Drew Locke, that's coming down here to the game. And, and Drew's got a big enough arm as fast as Emmanuel is. He's not going to outrun Drew's arm. So um, I look for those two to connect a bunch during the week down here. But we've invited Paris Campbell from Ohio State who uh, he might be the fastest guy in this year's yeah. draft. And uh, we're still wait, We're still waiting to hear from, from Paris on a commitment. We did get his teammate, Terry McLaurin, um, who's fast in its own right. We got Andy Isabella from UMass, who uh, I think because he's an undersized white guy is going to get pigeonholed as like this, you know, slot receiver and uh, couldn't be further from the truth. Andy yeah. Isabella might be the fastest guy in this group um, if Paris Campbell's not. So, you know, coming out of high school, Andy was a, was a from the state of Ohio. He was a running back, and uh, in track, he won the hundred meter dash title in the state of Ohio. He and ran he beat 10, a bunch. Like, he beat a bunch of fast. He dudes. beat Denzel like, Ward. Yeah. yeah, he beat Den, Denzel Ward in the same race, placed third, ran ten six two. And, uh, you know, last year at the combine, Denzel ran four three four. So if you just take those numbers, if he ran four three four. If you take Andy's 10, five, 100 meter, Andy might be, you know, a high four, two guy, but, um, so he's probably going to be in the high fourth, you know, somewhere in the four threes as well. So no, lots of speed. Alex Wesley from Northern Colorado is another guy that can really run. So, uh, it's a fast group. We're excited about it. It's just, I mean, it's, it's an awesome group as I'm looking down at it. There are just all the, there are all these guys uh, that I want to ask you about, but you know, we talked about Isabella. We talked about uh, a little bit about Emmanuel Hall from, from Missouri. I think, you know, one that pops off to me is really interesting. Of course, I mean, people are going to, people are just going to be interested in Debo Samuel because he was such a, uh, such a, such a playmaker and kind of the star of that, um, of that South Carolina team. Uh, what did, what was your evaluation on him and also what as a scout, I'm just interested in like you're a scout like what do what do scouts think about these guys sitting out of their bowl games like do scouts even care you know it, it's such a new trend I feel like this is the first year where it really took off you know obviously Christian McCaffrey did that um mm-hmm. did that a few years a few years back but I feel like this is really the first year where where it took hold. And, and again, I've been bunkered down trying to finish up this roster. So I have been talking to some guys in the league, but not as much as I will when they're down here, it'll be interesting to, to hear what they think. I, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, Christian McCaffrey still went what ninth overall yeah. or something. I, I don't, I don't think at the end of the day, it's going to hurt these guys because they've played, you know, 40, 50, um, college games. Um, you know, the perception wise about them bailing on their team. I mean, now there might be some old school guys that are rubbed the wrong, excuse me, the wrong way by that. But, um, you know, to Debo, yeah, really, really intriguing player. Loved him last year. You know, he probably would have come out last year had he not gotten hurt. He was off to that hot start. I think he had five touchdowns in their first three games, Yeah. you know, a couple on returns, really dynamic. And then, uh, you know, came off the injury this year and I was in, I went to South Carolina, see them play Missouri. I want to say the beginning of October and he just didn't look the same to me, you know, and, and, and I think a lot of that was, uh, because of the injury. And, uh, but if you look at the November stuff and I just had, uh, 
a friend of mine in the league um, reach out today and ask if uh, if I'd seen Debo's game against Clemson because he torched him, and uh, you know he's like, wow, he he really looks all the way back now. So uh, the league's really excited to see him down here. Again, really can be really dynamic. And the thing we talked about um, with the ball in his hands with Anthony Johnson, a little different physical skill set in terms of, you know, Debo's a little shorter guy, a little more compact, uh, built a little more like a running back, but uh, really strong. Debo's for a wide receiver with the ball in his hands. He can break tackles, uh, really good contact balance. He's, he, and you see that in the return game as well. So, uh, yeah, it could, be a, it could be a real playmaker at the next level. Yeah, the, the way that he is with the ball in his hands is, uh, I mean, among the guys I've evaluated, some of the best. And I I think sometimes that when you get these guys that are really good kick returners, I think there's something about that open field vision with the ball in your hands that helps them after catches as, as, as receivers. And it's just, it's just evident to me with Debo Samuel. Like you said, not, the same, not in the same way that Anthony Johnson is just a, just, a, a, just a really strong, just nightmare for these guys to handle, but uh, in a way that just he, you know, there's different ways to be elusive. And both those guys are very, very elusive after catch. Um, another guy that's going to be real interesting, a real interesting evaluation for everybody is Jalen Hurd being down here at um, – being down here in, in Texas in the middle of Big 12 country, we certainly heard a lot about him when he transferred in from Tennessee. Um, what, what, do you, what do you think about Jalen Hurd? We talk about, you know, versatile skill sets and NFL teams uh, valuing that. You know, this is a guy that they play at running back. They play at wide receiver. They play, they play all over the formation. What do you plan to see, on, see out of him during his week in Mobile? It's going to be, this is going to be one of those uh, processes for the NFL where they're going to, it's going to be exhaustive. Um, They're going to work Jalen all the way through the process. There's a lot of questions to be answered. You know, I, you know, he jumped on uh, my radar a few years ago when he was at Tennessee, he was this pretty looking six foot three, 240 pound running back. And uh, you know, starting ahead of Alvin Kamara, at Tennessee. So that should tell you like what, 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 what he looked like at running back. I actually thought he was a better running back prospect than Derrick Henry. Um, when I did him and then, you know, kind of a head scratcher, he decides to pick up from Tennessee and transfer and, and change positions. And now he's gone through this body composition change and he's a 215 pound wideout. So, um, really a unique, interesting story. And I think the, uh, you know, I think the league really wants to get down here and spend time with Jalen and hear his side of the story on why all, all those things unfolded behind the transfer and the position change. And, uh, you know, again, even for the wide receiver position, really intriguing skill set. He's still got that big body. He's really explosive. I think he's going to be one of the best testers at the combine this year. Uh, I think he's going to be, you know, high thirties, 40 inch vertical jump and, um, so he's got all the tools, you know, but it's going to be how quickly can he transition um, as a receiver. And this is a big week for him because it'll be coached by an NFL staff and, uh, you know, he'll run every route and in the league will get a chance to see all that. And, uh, but the interview, the interview part of the senior bowl week for him, um, sitting down with these position coaches and, and the scouts will be critical. And then as far as these, I mean, everybody's heard of David Sills. If you don't follow uh, Lee, Lee Stein, especially if you follow Lee Steinberg on, on, on Twitter, I guess he signed David Sills because he won't, he won't quit uh, tweeting about that guy. But certainly uh, he, he could he have come out last year. Most people know who Jalen Samuels is. What about, uh, but, you know, between some of these players who might be a little bit lesser known, like I've, I haven't watched any, is it Tyree Brady? Is it Ty or Tyree yeah, Brady? Yeah, Tyree Brady, yep, Tyree Brady. 
him and Travis Fulgham, maybe Jacoby Myers, or any of these guys play? Like, is is is, is there one of those guys that we haven't kind of discussed that uh, sticks out to you as somebody to keep an eye on through 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 the week? You know, I mean, all of them. I mean, Brady was on our radar early. He's a Miami transfer. Um, he's a big bodied guy, big, strong dude that I liked better when I saw him live in person than actually on tape. Um, really, really saw, uh, the quickness and ability to drop his weight at the top of a route that I didn't always see on tape. And I saw that during pregame. Um, but yeah, he's a big physical receiver fits what the league wants from a size perspective, uh, strong hands. He was, you know, better a year ago. He had a quarterback that came out in last year's draft from Marshall. Um, Chase Litton, I think was his name. And, uh, you know, he was Chase, he was Chase's guy. He was his bailout guy, he threw the ball to him a bunch. Um, Brady can play big on the ball. So he's interesting. Fulgham's a guy from, uh, old dominion who really, um, really popped on the scene kind of late. Like he was a good case study and why you need to work a player through the entire fall and not just go in and see him early and make your mind up. Because, uh, if you, if you track Travis over the course of the year, I mean, really, we got on him a little late. It was it wasn't until November because we saw ODU play really early in the year, um, and we were actually looking at one of their other receivers, um, Duhart. And uh, you know, we were at a game late in the year, and a bunch of scouts told our Northeast scout who was at the game. They said you got to circle back on that ODU guy, Fulgham. So we did, and man, he had some monster games against Fatek. I think he had ten catches, and and the more tape you watch on the kid, I mean, really, he's big, he's athletic. Uh, he's long, so he's he's really got a lot of traits to work with. And then Jacoby Myers, for me, we've, we've uh, you know, a big emphasis for our staff going into this year was to identify these juniors that were going to be graduates um, so we could mm-hmm. reserve roster spots for them. So Jacoby's a guy that we identified early. Again, we can't reach out to the player. Uh, we can't invite him until they declare. And Jacoby just declared, I don't know, probably two or three days ago. And as soon as we see that publicly, well, then we can reach out with our invite and uh, – you know, so that's another part Like we talked about dealing, dealing through agents, right. And the, right. the different coaching staffs is, you know, that's why those relationships are critical. Um, you know, in terms of having a background in the NFL is, is, is to have relationships with the agents and, and people at the schools where you can reach out to someone at the school and, and ask about a player where they're not offended by it, you know, where you're, it doesn't look like you're trying to, you know, entice a guy to come out. You're, you're just trying to do your due diligence again, never reached out to the player until he officially declared, but, but we had been saving a spot for Jacoby. He's a, he went there as a quarterback and, uh, you know, they moved him to wide receiver and man, he looks so natural. He, uh, really savvy, long bodied guy, uh, knows how to stem routes and get open. And some of his stuff in contested situations might be the best, at least senior wise. Cause I haven't gotten all these juniors that aren't eligible for our game. I don't, I don't have a lot of time for that yet. Um, I'll do that after our game, but, but no, in terms of the contested stuff, Jacoby's unbelievable. I mean, in a, another, it's, a, it's something you can't coach. I mean, just the concentration and the toughness that it takes to know you're going to get, uh, you're going to get, your, your head knocked off and, uh, and still have the concentration to come down with it and the strong hands to secure the ball as you go to the ground. I mean, he's, he's made some unbelievable one-handed catches this year. So he's got a big old catch radius. He works mostly from the slot for NC state. And he's got a real craftiness to him, uh, work in that middle part of the field. So, uh, really excited to get Jacoby down here as well. So I, I know it's a long answer, um, covered all three guys, but I just, want to give them all their due because they all they all bring a really unique uh skill set to the table it's amazing insight and 
NC State, I mean, Jacoby Myers, if anybody, he should realize the value that the senior bowl brings to the process just from seeing last year how it was able to elevate those two defensive tackles that came and also Jalen Samuels, NC State, right? Yeah, so just the senior bowl big for all those guys uh, last year. All all right, man, like I I know you're super busy. We need to get you out of here. Can you just talk about the Reese's Senior Bowl uh, coming into the podcast? We'll have like an introduction that talks about you, your background, where they can find you on Twitter, where they can find the Senior Bowl, uh, History Senior Bowl, et cetera. But uh, if you could talk about your sponsors, anything important and new that you're doing this year, anything that the listeners should know about. Yeah, we you know we're we're doing we're doing Reese's obviously is our has been our title sponsor for a number of years now. A great partner with us. Um, they do they do a phenomenal job supporting us and what what we want to do. You know we're trying to grow the brand and do other things like this year on Friday we're having a leadership conference down here in Mobile. I think if you're going to be in town you should go to it. Um, it's it's open to the public. We've got a SeniorBowlSummit dot com um, is the website. We've got a bunch of speakers lined up. We've got both coaches from the game are going to speak. And uh, the topic this year is going to be team building. So it's going to be, you know, team building on the field, in the classroom, in the workplace. So we're, we're you know, uh, business people that are listening. We're bringing people in from the different universities around Mobile. We've got four universities here around town. Uh, we're going to have representatives for there. Um, and, you know, for the speakers, we've got Ozzie Newsom from the Baltimore Ravens GM uh, is going to speak. We've got Todd McShay from ESPN, an old friend of mine is going to speak about, uh, you know, his experience in terms of going into these different colleges and, and, uh, you know, how they construct their, their programs and their teams. Uh, we've got the general manager of the Houston Astros coming in. We've got business leaders. One of the most interesting guys we've got coming that I can't wait to spend time with, with this guy. He's, he's the owner of the Savannah bananas, um, baseball team. It's a, it's a wooden bat. It's a wooden bat college, wooden bat league, um, in Savannah, Georgia in the summertime. And, They've got a 4,000 seat stadium and the guy, they don't, they don't even have a ticket available for this year. Can't even get a ticket for the 2019 season. They've already sold out really unique guy, the way he runs his operation. So he's going to come in and speak at our summit and, uh, and then uh, stick around and, and come to our game and take in the atmosphere and maybe give me some tips on how we can improve our, our game day atmosphere down here. And then, uh, you know, and speaking of that, our game day atmosphere. So we're bringing in a bunch of mascots this year for the first time, which for our, you know, our younger demographic, the kids around here and kids coming to the game should be a lot of fun. You see those rocket mortgage ads on TV. We're going to kind of bring that to life. I mean, my idea was, um, you know, what other, what other venue could you bring all these mascots together on one field and, and, you know, and do that. So, you know, with all these teams we're bringing in, we've got the Oregon duck coming down. We got Sparty from Michigan state. We got the Stanford tree. We've got Bucky Badger from Wisconsin. So uh, a bunch of cool mascots from all over the country. We're going to have about, about 10 of them. Um, so that'll, that'll make the game day atmosphere and the NFL network, uh, telecast, um, look even cooler than it has in the past, you know? So where there's, we're trying to do some different things. We're trying to grow this thing out back during the week. This, that's the goal of the summit this year on Friday, next year, we'll add an event on Thursday and then, uh, you know, Wednesday, the next year, and just try to make this more of a, a week long event. So when people do come to town, um, there's more than just the game for them. So, uh, if you're going to be down here, spread the word with, with all your people come out to the summit. It'll be Friday morning at the Sanger theater, which is a historic theater down here. It's beautiful. Um, they put on great concerts there. Big name acts come in around, you know, year round to the Sanger theater. And we're, we're lucky enough to have that as our venue this year and, uh, should be a great event. 